Welcome to the St. James Sermon Podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. My name is Wayne Darbone. I'm pastor here at St. James. And I'm mindful that many of us are recovering and responding to the events of the last several days and also experiencing the anticipation of what lies ahead in the coming days and weeks and months. I want to encourage you that we are in this together. And today we approach God's word and what it says to us for this time. So I invite you to hear God's word as we look at Luke chapter 4 and the first 13 verses. Hear God's word. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. The devil led him to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand at the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, thank you for your word. Thank you for its timeliness for our day and for our time. Thank you for your spirit who fills us and empowers us. And we pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts now, that we would be fed by your word and follow you especially in these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a week ago, my wife Robbie and I were up in Breckenridge celebrating her birthday, isolated from anybody. And we found ourselves going outside and looking at the night sky. And as we looked up, the sky itself was as dark and black as we could imagine. And yet in front of it, was an infinite number of stars that stretched as far as the eye could see. And it was breathtaking. It was awe-inspiring. It, it offered a profound new perspective or renewed perspective of the bigness of God. And many people say that we are living right now in dark times in challenging times and we need a renewed perspective of the bigness of god you know i've had many people say you know we just need to hear more good news we need to hear more good news to offset all the bad news that is out there and while that's fine 
I want to say, I think we need to take it another step further. That, that we don't need just bits of good news to offset the bad news, but we need a whole new perspective. A, perspective, a renewed perspective of the bigness of God with all that we're experiencing and facing. And in the beginning of January, as we began this year, we began a new series looking at the good news of Jesus through the gospel of Luke. The word gospel simply means good news. And today we discover that Jesus addresses the reality of darkness and evil in our lives and in the world head on. That we discover the good news of Jesus recognizing the reality of darkness and evil in the world. Secondly, we reckon that uh, we see and experience the good news of Jesus addressing darkness and evil in the world. And lastly, we see Jesus, the good news of Jesus, triumphing over evil in the world. First, we see the good news of Jesus recognizing the reality of darkness and evil in the world. Luke, who is a scientist, he's a physician, he's a doctor, recognizes the reality of Satan and the existence of the devil, that there are spiritual forces at work. It's fascinating that, that Luke begins the story by saying that the devil followed Jesus into the wilderness, that the devil spoke three times. Three times he tempted Jesus. The devil said, the devil said, the devil said. And at the end of the story, we're told that the devil departed. The devil left, waiting for a more opportune time. You see, Luke wastes no time or ink trying to prove the existence of Satan or the devil. That there are spiritual forces of evil and darkness at work in the world. And certainly Jesus addresses it as well. And, and many times people today will say, well, well, that's great that we can maybe even point to spiritual kind of symbols of the personification of evil by saying Satan or the devil. But in these modern times, we're much more informed. I mean, we've had so many advances in science and in medicine and technology and psychology and sociology and social sciences to understand that the expressions of evil that exist out there uh, aren't necessarily for these spiritual forms, but they're because of the structures that exist out there or the actions of individuals' lives. That many people would say, well, evil exists out there because there are political structures, corrupt political structures and regime that regimes that cause evil in the world. Or others would, would say that there are unjust social structures that oppress people in our world. Others would say uh, that there are, cor uh, there are uh, corrupt economic systems that oppress people, that, that push some people down while raising other people up. Others would say evil is expressed actually just through the actions of individuals. And maybe some of those individuals cause evil to happen because of circumstances in their own life or their own mental or psychological challenges. And I don't deny any of those things being true. But I don't think we can also deny the reality that there is a spiritual force of evil behind all those structures and those actions. You see... 
to say, to deny the existence of Satan or the devil is more naive and reductionist than the idea of believing in Satan or the devil or spiritual forces behind evil that exists in the world. The reality is that we experience evil because there are forces of evil behind the different expressions out there. Let me tell you one reason why. If we've had so many advances in science and technology and psychology and medicine and all the different forms of advances that we'd have, we would think that the expressions of evil would go down as all of the advancements would increase. But the reality is there are more expressions of evil in our world today than ever before. The exact opposite has happened. The only way we can explain that is to recognize that the source and solution of evil is not human, but something beyond. Now, at the same time, the Bible is clear that while Satan exists, Satan is not of equal power than God. That Satan is trying to thwart the purposes of God, but they are not too equally opposing forces, forces of good and evil, that God is far more powerful than Satan. And Satan has no, nothing even close to the power of God. And so Jesus not only recognizes the reality of evil in the world, but he has come to address it. And in this passage, we see how Jesus addresses evil when it confronts him. Notice that when Satan tempts Jesus... He doesn't do what we might think in tempting him in things that are bad or wrong. But actually, he, he tempts him with things that are good. Notice the first thing, that Jesus has been fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. He's hungry. He hasn't had anything to eat. And Satan approaches him and says, Well, gee, Jesus, you must be hungry. But there's no bread around. But wait, you're Jesus. Why don't you take this stone and turn it into the best smelling, best tasting bread the world has ever known? Now, is bread bad? No, bread is wonderful. Bread is a gift from God. Bread is good. The second temptation is that Satan takes Jesus to a high place where he's able to see the glory and the splendor of all creation. He's able to see the glory and splendor of the world. And he's saying, you can have all of this, that you can reign over all of this. You can be king over all of this. Now, is it good that Jesus would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords over all creation? Absolutely. It's a very good thing. We're told later that one day every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is king of all. That there is nothing better than that reality. And then the last temptation was that Satan takes Jesus to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem. And he says, go ahead and throw yourself down. The Bible even says that God will protect you. That God will save you. Now, is that a good thing that God protects and saves? Absolutely. It's a very good thing. It's a promise of God himself. You see, what Satan does here is he tries to tempt Jesus with good things. He tr and yet, it isn't those good things that are the temptation that Satan is trying to cause Jesus to not trust the Father, to not trust God. That the reality is Jesus knew that God would feed him, 
that God would lead him and that God would read him. And Satan tried to pull Jesus away from trusting God and recognizing his own identity. I mean, part of the power in this is that just before this was in Luke chapter 3 is Jesus' baptism. And something amazing happens when Jesus is baptized. As he descends into the water, the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And the voice of the Father is heard to say one thing. The voice of the Father is heard to say, This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. How powerful is that? And how interesting it is that then Satan tries to put doubt in Jesus' mind. That Satan says, if you are the Son of God, then turn this stone into bread. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. You see, temptation is always the attempt by Satan to, for us to doubt God to, to pull away from trusting God, but also it gets at the very core of our identity. That just like Jesus, he says, you are my child. And we surrender, when we surrender to, to temptation, we surrender our trust of God. And we surrender believing that God really does love us. That we really are his children. And instead, Jesus shows us how to resist temptation. Jesus shows us how to have victory in those places where we find ourselves vulnerable in our lives, when evil attacks us. And he does it in two ways. The passage begins by saying that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. That Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And not only was Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit who led Jesus into that wilderness. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knew Jesus was strong in the Spirit. And at Pentecost, the very same Spirit was made available to you and me. That we can be filled with the Spirit of God. The very same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Paul says, fills us. That we are filled with the Spirit of God who gives us power, who gives us authority to be able to face evil and even temptations that would dare to try to draw us away from trusting God or questioning or doubting our own identity in Him. But the second thing Jesus has is the Word of God. The power of the Word of God, which is called the sword of the Spirit. The Word of God and the Spirit come together in the power of God's Word. So when Satan says, why don't you turn these stone, this stone into bread? Jesus says, it is written. It is written that people should not live by bread alone. And actually, that the rest of that verse in Deuteronomy is but by the very words that, that come from the mouth of God. That, that He is our sustenance. That we can trust His Word. When Satan said, you can have all of this, I'll give you authority over the entire world to rule. It is mine to give, and all you have to do is worship me. Jesus says, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And when Satan says, throw yourself down, and Satan even manipulates scripture, uses scripture to try to manipulate Jesus. And Jesus says, I don't have to prove that I am the Son of God. 
For the word of God says, you shall not test the Lord your God. He is already trustworthy. You see, you and I have the power of the Holy Spirit with the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, to be able to resist temptation, to hold on to our trust of God, and to be able to hold on to our identity as his child, to live into that reality. But here's the ultimate news. Here's the ultimate news, is that Jesus not only recognizes the reality of evil and darkness in the world, Jesus not only shows us and models for us how we can resist evil and how we can resist temptation in our lives, but Jesus provides for us a Savior from all the evil and darkness that exists in the world. Because, you see, we need more than an example. We need a Savior. Because if all we have is an example, we will fail. As you and I have shown many times in our own lives and as we see in the world around us. Jesus has not come just to give us an example, to be our model. He has come to be our Savior. Notice the very last sentence, the very last verse of this passage. It says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. You see, Satan knows an opportune time when he sees it. It's not the first time Satan had tempted. He had tempted all the way back in the very first Adam and Eve, all the way back in the very first human beings. And God had created the Garden of Eden, and he had put Adam and Eve in there. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I am going to feed you here to where you will be blessed. I'm going to lead you where you will be blessed, and I am going to read you, I'm going to know you, and we will walk together. And yet Satan shows up to Adam and Eve, and he tempts them. And he says, do you really believe God? He's holding out on you. And you're going to miss the possibilities if you take things into your own hands, if you feed yourself, if you lead yourself, if you read yourself and go your own way. And Adam and Eve sinned. And they fell to that temptation. And ever since, we've experienced the darkness and evil in the world. And, G- and Satan tries those same tactics on Jesus. And he left for an opportune time, and we discover that Jesus is again struggling, tempted in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he says to the Father, Father, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, please take it from me. But then Jesus, the second Adam, says what the first Adam did not, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was obedient all the way to death. You see, Satan was trying to keep Jesus from going to the cross. You don't need to go to the cross. You don't need to experience that pain. You don't need to experience the shame. You don't need to experience suffering. I'll give all of this to you without it. But Jesus knew that obedience to the Father would lead to the salvation of the world, to the conquering of evil. And Jesus died on that cross, taking the penalty for our sins on himself, the penalty for all the evil in the world, on himself. Jesus had lived the life we should have lived and then died the death we should have died. 
And Jesus was sealed in that tomb, having taken on the powers of evil on himself. And Satan was convinced that he had accomplished the victory, that he had defeated Jesus. But then Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And he says that you and I conquer it with him that we live our lives now in the power of the Spirit with the authority of His Word to conquer evil and the forms that it takes in our own lives and in the world. And so, brothers and sisters, we stand in the victory of Jesus. And Jesus is one day going to come back and reclaim all of creation for Himself that the answer to Jesus' prayer would take place. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, how will you look at the events of this coming week and in the coming weeks? How will you look at the events and all that takes place in our world over this coming year? You see, when we see the victory of Jesus, we have a renewed perspective of the bigness of God. We see with a new clarity the power of God, the goodness of God, the character of God, the nature of God, the love of God that pushes back the forces of evil and invites us to join him to be a part of his redemptive work in the world. It is breathtaking. It is awe-inspiring. Would you join me in prayer? Almighty God, we thank you for the victory we have through Jesus. That while all the forces of evil would pour everything at him, that Jesus conquered evil once and for all. He conquered the power of sin and death. And that one little word the name of Jesus would fell him once and for all. God, as we move into this year, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you empower us with your word to stand, to stand strong, to live boldly, to love with your love, and to live the victory you have accomplished for us as we anticipate your return. Jesus, we pray this in your name. Amen. St. James is a Presbyterian church located in Littleton, Colorado. Find us on the web at www.sjprez.org or email us at contact at sjprez.org.